You're listening to episode 82 of the Musicpreneur Mindset Podcast. Hey, we're Sub Radio. You're listening to the Musicpreneur Mindset Podcast. Here's your host, Suze, founder of the Rockstar Advocate. Hello, you're listening to episode 82, Musicpreneur Spotlight, Tommy Z. I'm your host, Suze, a mindset coach helping music professionals get clear on their goals and find the time to get it all done while maintaining social distancing and their sanity. As we continue to move through these uncertain times, I know a big stress for many creatives is, how am I going to make money? Especially if your income streams depend on live shows, travel, public speaking, in-person music lessons, and so on, it can be stressful to have to build new income streams while you navigate social isolation and health scares. I want to share this interview with you this week to bring some hope and inspiration for ways you too could make money from teaching others skills you already have and realize you know more than you think you know. I also want you to realize you don't have to have it all figured out yet to start. Back in February, I had the pleasure of talking with Tommy Z, a former banker by day, DJ by night, who went on to become an award-winning music producer, composer, and creative director. He is a sought-after music producer and advisor to some of the world's top brands, and his keynotes and lectures have resonated with audiences at the Cannes Lion Festival, Amsterdam Dance Event, Belgium's Multimania Conference, Netherlands Delft University, and many more. What I love most about Tommy and his work is that he fully embraces the musicpreneur mindset. As you'll hear in our talk, it's not about being ready or perfect. It's about trusting what moves and excites you and showing up for your audience in an authentic way. You have something special to offer, and whether that's teaching other musicians a skill or creating music for big brands, Tommy shines a light on how he's built a successful career doing both and provides resources to help you get started. You can check out more about Tommy and his work in our show notes at therockstaradvocate.com forward slash EP82. But for right now, take a deep breath in, exhale your worries, and join us for 30 minutes of trusting what's possible. Tommy, thank you so much for being with us today. My pleasure. I love your story. I really love your mission statement. I just want to read it for our listeners. You say that your work is moving humans with music and that you use songs, scores, and sounds like magicians use spells. I love that. So fill us in a little bit more about that. How did you come up with that mission statement and what does that mean to you? Well, you know, I always like to get to the bottom of things. You know, when people write their bio, it's the kind of music that I produce. And, and you know, songs, scores, or sounds is, a, is a quite a descriptive way to say uh, what it is that I do. Because it's not just songs. Sometimes they are scores, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's not even songs or scores. Sometimes it's just putting a few sounds together in the proper sequence that for some reason people can't explain it. We can't sometimes explain it either, but it gives people goosebumps. And this is the this is always the goal. The goal is always goosebumps. That's great. I love that. The goal is always goosebumps. It's definitely a skill set to be able to, and it's an artistry all of its own, to be able to be concise and say what you mean and get all of it in, as you said, as crisp uh, a statement as possible so that people know exactly what it is you're about and what it is that you do. You know, when Instagram and Twitter only allow you to say so much in the profile bio, they they often struggle with what to write there. And when I came across yours, I was like, yes, like short and yeah. sweet and yeah. like exactly what it is. And it was very compelling. So 
Yeah, it's all, you know, and those words, like you said, compelling. Actually, when I mentor my students, those are the three things in the compass. We have a Mm -hmm. compass and the compass has three C's. Is it crisp? Is it clear? Is it compelling? And though the first two kind of sound similar, like clear and crisp, they're not. We can argue over meanings, but for me, clarity means that I instantly get something. Mm. Like I instantly get it. The crispness is the fact that it has a bit of magic sauce to it, right? Mm-hmm. It's just crisp. It's just like crispy, you know? Um, and it, it, has, it has something that takes you beyond just the meaning of that word. And therefore, it is also probably compelling. So I don't know why it is. Like musicians, we, we are creative beings. And I'm not sure like how come sometimes musicians can be so genius in coming up with a song, but like they somehow forget to to put that magic into everything they do, mm. whether it's the Instagram, whether it's your website, whether it's your business card. At every step of the process, you should be building your brand. They can get a very good impression of who you are just by the way you communicate online. And I see a lot of musicians struggling. Their website, their email already gives me a bad impression. Do I even want to listen to the music if the aesthetics visually are not pleasing? I don't know. You know, so I think it's very important. It's almost like they give up before trying because they came into this to do music. And if it's not about the music, even though, as you pointed out, it's all connected, they either don't want to do it or they, they psych themselves out and think that they're not good enough to do it. And as you said, if you're creative, and I say this to clients all the time, if you're creative, it doesn't mean you can only be creative by playing the guitar. You can also be creative in coming up with copy uh, for your website or co- being creative with your social media posts. Like creativity bleeds into many different areas. And sometimes you just have to relax into it and have the confidence to know that you can try and make it happen. Yeah, it's just not being automatic. People box themselves in and they give themselves a certain identity, like I'm a master guitar player. And it's like, well, you could be other things too. Right. And a master right. guitar player. I mean, mm. it's it's just that mentality that everything is a canvas, you know, like sure. everything is a canvas. Your website is a canvas. Your business card is a canvas. Your Your clothes are a canvas. Do something that will interrupt people with it, you know, because we are forced to abide by the way Facebook looks, for instance. So like you kind of lose your edge. I mean, it's good to appear on those platforms, but like you don't get a chance to express yourself uniquely, visually at least, because you're kind of conformed to to that standard. So I'm a big fan of as much as possible expressing your, your identity Um, in a way that will give people a good idea already of who you are before they even have a chat with you personally. And then when they have a chat with you personally, you reinforce all of that and more. Yeah, 100%. What I love about what you do is that you are able to take what you've found for yourself that works and where you've had your success and you teach it to other musicians. And I definitely want to dive into that. But first, I want to go back to what you do as an artist. And, you know, you've worked with some real heavy hitters. You've worked with Google and Nike and BMW. And those are just a few of the the many bigger clients that you've worked with. And, you know, so many musicians, and I know many of them listening um, right now, as you said, box themselves in and kind of only see one possible path for themselves or kind of see 
almost like a ceiling of, well, I'm an independent musician. So without a big label, there's only so much I can do, which, you know, is such a falsehood because I know plenty of people, yourself included, who, you know, make a a great uh, career for themselves doing a myriad of things. And so I'm wondering if you can share your story with us a bit in terms of before you started working with those bigger clients, what was that journey like for you? Are you kind of where you always saw yourself being or did it take a lot of twists and turns? Like how has your journey been so far as a musician? Well, the thing is that I'm a former banker. I used to work on Bay Street, which is like the Toronto version of Wall Street. Mm -hmm. And so I always say that because, you know, a lot of musicians are not doing music full time. If you are a musician, you probably dream of doing that. I like I haven't met a musician yet who say, "Well, I'd rather do music part time." No, most musicians will say, "If I could if I could do music full time, I would do it full time." So, I was kind of in the same shoes. Like I was always into music, but I couldn't really imagine it being a full time career. So, what I did is I finished university, I ended up working at this bank. And I was there for about five years, just mm. feeling the soul getting sucked out of me slowly. The only way that I kind of stayed alive during that time is I was a DJ in Toronto. So I played in all these quite popular at the time venues. I had like four residencies. So imagine I was going to the bank Monday to Friday, nine to five. Then, you know, going home, taking a nap, having something to eat. And then I would like change my clothes and go to the club, you know, before 10 p.m. Start at 10, finish at 2.30 a.m get home at 3 a.m. and then go to the Uh bank the next day. Uh So, you know, that kind of worked from the time I was 25 to the time I was 30. But as I started to lose my energy, like riding two horses at the same time, having these two lifestyles, Uh I was like, I can no longer stand knowing that my precious life is passing me by while I'm sitting in this damn cubicle. At the same time, like I can't be a full-time DJ, producer, remixer. I was starting to get into production, remixing, looking at the horizon and looking at the landscape. I get these occasional remix projects. This is like 2002, 2003. I'd get paid like 1500 to 3000 to sometimes $4,000 per remix. But it was so mm-hmm. sporadic. I was like, right. I can't imagine like, you know, making a living out of this. There was some shady stuff going on also where I'd put out singles. They, they would get picked up by you know, a promoter who would license them to compilations somewhere in Spain and wouldn't ever tell me. So I'd see like mm-hmm. my music being licensed to some compilation in Spain. Oh, man. And I never got paid for it. So I was like, man, I just can't imagine doing music full time. I really can't. It's just too stressful. At the same time, I hated myself for choosing comfort, for choosing to stay with my day job when I knew I could do better. So a friend of mine worked at an ad, ad agency and he said to me, hey, you, you, you produce music, right? In addition to DJing. I'm like, yeah. He goes, well, I'm working on this campaign for Pontiac Aztec. I don't know if people remember that car, but that's mm-hmm. it's like the ugliest cars in the world. <laughs> no offense to Pontiac, but that sounded very interesting to me. And it's funny when I look back, because like everybody's familiar with advertising and commercials and brands doing content. And all of this content includes music. And for some reason, I never connected. It's like, hey, I'm making music. These guys are using music. They need music. That's like a thing. 
Okay, so I did that project and um, I was still at the bank. So I had to do it in the evenings. Took me a couple of nights to to create a track. I passed it over. They had a few comments. Took me another evening to address the comments. And that was it. And it's like I almost forgot about doing that because I just had fun doing it. I went back to the bank. Then the check came like a few weeks later. I just nearly fell out of my cubicle, you know, because I looked at this check. Is this what they're paying me to sit in a studio a couple of nights to do this like 30 second track? When I say this story, I always say I quit that day. I walked into my boss's office. Mm -hmm. The fact is I didn't quit right away, but I did quit not too long after that. Like I thought, sure. Okay, this is a concrete path. Dealing with shady uh, promoters, with these sporadic remixes, this kind of unstable, chaotic, that's how I pictured the music business. I'm like, you know, I'm not sure how I can survive selling my music, but this, this is like concrete. Mm. Like there's a crap load of advertising going on everywhere. And it's not as if I have to create something crap. A lot of these brands are making or curating or creating music that is world-class and mm. they have to do that because if you're a world-class brand, you literally have to move people with, with your content. So I basically left the bank and uh, I thought, okay, I have it made. I'm going to make music for commercials. The problem was I was kind of naive about the industry, how things work. So I left the bank. I invested in a designer to print me beautiful logos and business cards I hired a web designer because at the time it wasn't that easy to create a website. Mm -hmm. so, so I built a website and I rented a studio, which we ended up making really fancy, you know, like just outfitting with all the gear. And I started reaching out to, to, to ad agencies and going, hey, I'm a composer. When you're working on a commercial, I can make the music for you. And for some reason, nobody was getting back to me. Mm. And like, I'm an aware kind of guy. Like, that's why I did my logo. That's why I put together my business cards, my website. I was almost considering like going back to the bank. I don't have much savings left and like not much is happening. So I called a friend at the bank and she told me, first of all, she said, I don't know where the hell you went. Like nobody knows where you went because you just disappeared. <laughs> so that's a lesson also that I always talk about. Like whenever you have a certain path you're pursuing or you have a certain intention, be public about it. Like let people know. Why? Because they might know people who can assist you in the journey. Exactly. That's, right? And so, exa so that's exactly what happened with her. She's like, I know this guy named Johnny. He's like a copywriter at, a, at an agency in Toronto called Taxi, which was like one of the coolest agencies at the time because they were doing mini so Johnny met with me and he listened to what I was doing. He's like, dude, you're, you're totally approaching everything wrong. This is not how the business works, okay? He said, first of all, you might have gotten a project from a friend because he was your friend. But in reality, ad agencies who represent these brands, who come up with campaigns for these brands, they do not deal with individual musicians. They don't mm. deal with individual composers. What they do is they hire a bunch of different production partners so they, they hire a film production company to shoot the commercial. They hire an editing company to edit the commercial. And then they reach out to what's called a music production house. We call it a music production house in our business. But it's a music production company that specializes in advertising. And right. I was completely oblivious to it. Right. And so it ended up that, you know, I started basically addressing now music production houses that specialize in advertising and said, hey, I'm a composer. Here's some tracks that I've done. I think they belong in advertising. And they happen to agree with, with me. And then 
one of these production houses said, why don't you come on board full time? Because you're a personable guy. You can go out there and help us get business from ad agencies. And the rest is pretty much history. You know, when you're on the right path and you belong there, your results are exponential. Mm. Like at the bank, I was there five years, you know, slowly, slowly going up the ladder. Here was like, boom, two years later, I was made partner in, in the studio. Then it's another long story, but I fell in love with a Polish girl and ended up leaving everything to go to Europe. <laughs> it's important, love. Without that, you can achieve all sorts of stuff and you'll always feel empty. When I was in Europe, I ended up becoming a creative director at Massive Music, which is um, one of the finest music production companies in the world that works on the biggest brands. And then after five years at Massive Music, I decided to go out on my own. So for the last three years, I've had my own company. I've discovered a way that I can make music to be in the studio, but not have to necessarily be an artist who's worried about streaming royalties, about right. uh, digital single sales, about getting record deals. So essentially, I feel blessed because I just want to make music. I just want right. to produce music. I'm not the kind of guy who wants to chase a million streams. Right. Like, I'm just not built that way. I, I'm not built to be a star, to work on being a star. But I am definitely built, and I believe many musicians are built as craftspeople. Like we just want to sit in a studio and create mm -hmm. an amazing piece of music. It is brands who are paying for this, right? They need it. Absolutely. They have the money to pay for it. And, and I love everything that you said, especially about you know, and this last part about, you know, what are you really made to do? And and something we talk about a lot on this podcast is, are you chasing somebody else's dream? Meaning, you know, you feel like, well, if I decide to be a musician and I want a full-time career, then I guess I better ante up and I have to be that extrovert who's out on stage and who's, you know, on social media all the time and chasing those followers and, and getting those streams and, and, and as you said, if you're if you don't feel you're meant to be the star in the spotlight with you know thousands of people screaming your name, and if you don't want to be that person too, you don't have to take any of that on. You can be in the studio if that is where you feel most at home, and still make a living at it, and more often than not, make a better living at it than the person who's trying to get the the label deal and and go out on tour because there's. There's so much overhead there, right? There's so much more that they have to pay for in terms of their team and touring and making the music videos and and doing all of that that marketing stuff on that end. You know who your clientele is and your audience are the bigger brands that have their own audience. And and I yeah. love what you've built around it. Yeah. You, you don't know what you don't know until you know it. And as you pointed out, you didn't know that this whole other area existed or at least how it worked. And so when you finally started speaking up about it, it was like, oh, all these other opportunities are there that you weren't aware of or or not educated on on how it all worked. So I, I love that you shared that in your story. And thank you for shining a light on that for, for our listeners because it's so important. Indeed. And so I want to talk about then, and since this is a big part of your work as well, that you teach other musicians and that you have students that you teach. So I'm curious, how did that come about? Fill us in a bit about, you know, what your teachings are like and the type of people that you work with. Sure. I've been intrigued by the online world. You know, I'm not really a social media guy. Like mm -hmm. I'm not. If people go to my profiles. 
they'll see some activity, but I'm definitely, maybe I should be better about it, but I'm not really a social media guy. But what does intrigue me is the fact that you can reach people at scale. To be honest with you, I have a lot more fun having conversations like this and like creating eureka moments for other musicians and mentoring them because I'm just like such a combination of business and art. That's just my DNA. I just can't mm. be an artist full time, but I also can't be a business guy full time. Mm. I really love mentoring other people and like just helping those who have a musical talent to, to transform it into some kind of meaningful traction, you know? And so a lot of those opportunities exist in our world, but musicians have no idea about it because it's like my world is hidden. You always talk about music for films or sync or syncing your song to a TV show. But like how many people talk about creating music from scratch? And I'm talking about like songs, like not cheesy jingles. I'm talking about real beautiful songs that were never existing before this Honda commercial was made, for instance. Like it was written for that commercial. And then people on YouTube are asking, who is this artist? Who is this song? And then, you know, the brand has a chance to sort of start a dialogue to say, oh, actually, we commissioned this artist or we, we, you know, we work with this person to create this song. And that's cool for the brand, too. So, so I had this itch for like years now to, to get online and like to be a mentor, to open people's eyes to this because I simply love teaching. You know, and when I'm working on, on campaigns for brands, sometimes it's exciting. Sometimes it's not exciting. Sometimes it's very stressful. I haven't counted exactly, but I've done close to a thousand commercials for, wow. for big brands. So, you know, at some point you're looking to stimulate yourself also. And for me, right. creating this masterclass, like a way to stimulate myself all over again, to give myself a challenge to like say, can I teach my life's work? Like, can I teach everything I know? Can I get uncomfortable again? as a creative person and go out mm. there and try to sell this thing, like go out in the street and go, Hey, I have this thing. Cause now it's like with brands, I can sell in my sleep. I'm comfortable right. in the boardroom. It's, it's nothing for me to take a big paycheck from, from a brand. You know, I, I don't feel sensitive about it because it's a big brand, but with this new adventure, as people started enrolling in my masterclass, I was like, Holy crap, I'm actually dealing with human beings. Like they just gave me their credit card. You know, <laughs> some of these people like asked me for an installment plan on the half price discount. Mm. These, these long emails saying how much uh, this resonates with them, how much they want to try. And that's been quite an experience for me because imagine like for, for over a decade, I'm just like used to working with brands, which is quite impersonal in a way. Like you just creating the music, you're shipping it over. Sure. But here I've been dealing with humans. So my instinct was to teach. I put together this teaching in what I thought was going to be like a seven hour online course. It ended up being like 37 hours. It's amazing. Like every time you think you're going to pass on your knowledge, you have no idea like what that would look like. You right. know, you always think, oh, it'll be like 90 minutes. Like how much can I teach? And then I was like, well, I got to add this thing and I got to tell them about this and I got to tell them about this. So it's been a lot of fun. You know, I didn't know what to expect. So what I did is I, you know, I did an interview with, with Graham Cochran at Recording Revolution. He's got such a huge fan base that if I announce this thing there and like it resonates and people come over and then I sell them on that idea once they sign up on my email list and they actually put down the credit card, 
then I'll go ahead and make it. I was like, if I make like three grand off of this idea, this email that, hey guys, I want to launch this thing next month. You want to sign up? And, you know, I was quite surprised by the results. It was like, I think we did like 14 grand just wow. on the pre-sale. And then another seven grand, like four weeks later, I think it was Black Friday. We put it on special again. So, you know, so then I really had to get my crap together and create <laughs> this thing. Right. It was like a very intense six weeks because, or seven weeks, because I was actually working on this thing while still doing commercial projects, but it was very rewarding. Like honestly, to get in touch with real human beings as opposed to brands, you know, I'm still exchanging emails with students every single day because we're going through it all. Like I'm teaching people how to write emails, teaching people how to build a portfolio, teaching people how to build a website. It's not like I'm teaching them from some kind of a vague generic formula. I'm just basically teaching them like what resonates with me and other music producers on this side of the fence when we get contacted by musicians. I'm so glad that you shared that piece of your story because uh, earlier this year we had, I believe it was um, episode 76, was uh, Jordan Valariat. And what I love about what you said, and it's something that I had to learn how to trust when I really fully started to understand what it meant to be an entrepreneur, is to start before you're ready is to get it out there and tell people, don't wait till you've done all 37 hours of video. And then it turns out, oh, they didn't want this or, oh, they wanted this piece of it, but with this focus. And I didn't focus on that piece. So the fact that you did that market research that you said to them, hey, I'll commit to this, but I need to know you're on board. um, It can feel very scary. I know a lot of people don't like to do that because it's like, oh my goodness. But what, what I have found and what I'm sure you found as well when you said, you know, it was time to get your, your crap in order is you're more likely than to make better content because now your feet are by the flames and you're like, okay, you know, and there's this excitement that, wow, people have invested now. And so now I'm invested in them just as much, if not more, and you're going to create better content that way. So, you know, done is better than perfect. Start before you're ready, do your market research before you create a whole bunch of stuff. You know, all of the, all of these lessons are so important. And I'm, I, I'm just thrilled that you shared that with us so that, you know, people know that, that this, this can happen and that you don't have tens of thousands of followers on Instagram. You know, you had your email. Nobody. Yeah. Nobody. Before I, in, got interviewed yeah. by Graham Cochran, I had nobody. But I was pretty confident about the fact that my story is unique. What mm-hmm. I'm offering is unique because a lot of um, a lot of sites for musicians, like I, I still don't see my world represented mm-hmm. on all these mm-hmm. sites where musicians are learning to do whatever it is that they do, whether it's mixing or mastering or producing. So I'm basically going to these folks and saying, okay, So you're teaching folks this, this, and this. How would you like me to now, you know, introduce this subject? There's like an army of musicians around the world who you never heard of who are actually making a full-time living sitting in your studio making music for all these uh, commercials for big brands. So, So I always thought in my, like deep down that this would probably resonate with a lot of people. But yeah, you're never sure. I wasn't, I wasn't sure. And you're so right about... Like once people put their credit card down, once people started writing me emails, like I'm excited, when is it coming out? I got way more nervous than I did like working for the biggest brands in the world. Right. It's so weird for this group of people that that just 
handed their money over to me. I don't know how to put this. It's a different quality of pressure because mm-hmm. it's like human beings and I don't want right. to fleece anybody. But I had a fear that I would be perceived as such. Even like a year earlier, I was trying to build my email list. So I'd go on to Reddit and I'd be like, hey guys, you know, I have this PDF that will show you seven different ways that musicians make money in the world of music and brands. And I got so much hate from like Reddit and like, oh, why is this guy asking for my email address? All you got to type in is Tommy Z and see, like, is there anyone complaining? Does this right. guy actually do what he says he does? Right. Does he right. So I was just like, oh man, I don't like doing it this way. So then I decided it's like, you know what? I'm actually just going to tell my story like to, to folks like you who already have a trust of a mm-hmm. lot of musicians. And then it's like everything just flows from there. You know, then it's like people get you. And I know a lot of our listeners are sitting at home nodding their heads and definitely resonating with a lot of what you're saying. So if they're you know interested in reaching out, what's the best way for them to join your community, find out more about working with you? What's the, what's the next step they should take? Because you can go to Making Music for Brands, and that's where that PDF is that we just spoke about, mm-hmm. uh, which will get you on my email list. And this is a nice, colorful 40-page PDF, which basically goes through seven different main ways that different kinds of musicians participate in the world of music and brands and how much money they can expect to make for each role. If you want to learn more and, you know, this this is something that resonates with you, check out the course and see if if that's something that you want to enroll in. And I feel like I want to do something for your folks. I'm just going to make this up right now, okay? If anybody decides to purchase the course and you're checking out, all you got to do is just click a add coupon button and what shall we make this coupon? Let's say Rockstar 30. You get 30% off the regular price. Rockstar 30. That's what you got to type in the coupon. If you get lost, I'm always available to people. This is, I think, like a big difference between my masterclass and a lot of other courses that I've taken. I mm-hmm. kind of felt lonely sometimes, you know? It's like I felt like I would have liked more interaction with the person who sold me the course. Sure. And so I've never had any complaint about that. Like my students know that I might not get back to them immediately, but I always get back inevitably. So that's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you for that generous offer. And folks, if you are resonating with this, and I have a feeling a lot of you are, head on over to the show notes for all the links that Tommy just mentioned. If you need it later, you can always find it in the show notes for sure. And I want to thank you for sharing that with our audience. That's really great. And and very generous of you. If you could go back and tell your younger self a lesson and save yourself some time, what would that lesson be? Don't delay. Mm. <laughs> Don't delay. As soon as you feel in your conscience that you're pulled towards something, get traction as soon as possible. I yeah. don't mean that you're going to achieve overnight success. That doesn't happen. But like exactly. do something meaningful, like call someone, ask for a meeting. Uh, Mm -hmm. something that is going to literally push the thing forward. And that's why you're hesitating and delaying because you think it needs to be perfect. Right. It doesn't need to be perfect. Don't delay. Get traction as soon as possible because you might find out this is not the thing you want to do, but you got to do it in order to find that out. Oh, yes. I say that all the time. And I'm, I'm, I couldn't agree more with everything you just said, 100%. So the next question is then, if you could have any superpower, what would it be? Patience. 
Mm. That is definitely a superpower. <laughs> I think that it's a su- I I the am impatient. It's everything. I am impatient. I want things to happen much quicker. And um, unfortunately, sometimes I ruin things by by not allowing things to ripen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so, so patience for me. I love that. And if you could invite three um, musicians or creative people, living or dead, over for dinner, who would they be? I would invite Arvo Part, the Estonian composer. Mm-hmm. I would invite Rick Rubin. Oh, yes. And I would invite Johan Johansson. Ooh, okay. Someone from the other realm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I'm sure there'd be lots to talk about and and take from one another at that dinner. That's great. And so the final question, what's something that you would like our audience to go do? Look at your hard drive. Scour it. Maybe it's one hard drive. Maybe it's like three hard drives. But from the time you began to save sketches, unfinished even, on your hard drive, I want you to collect your best pieces. Like, just spend one day going through the, all the stuff that you've done that you've forgotten about. Just uncover it. Take time to listen to it. Highlight the ones that really resonate with you, like that strike you immediately. And put them all in a single folder. Uh, because this will not only energize you again, you'll surprise yourself what kind of magical moments you were able to create. You'll find this exercise very valuable because it will motivate you. It will surprise you to see how much great music you have on your hard drive, hopefully, and to decide which one of these pieces really represents you as a musician, which one of them express your superpower. And I feel like that's going to help you to define, to find some patterns, to find some, some kind of a DNA or something that you keep hearing. And that will help you to sort of focus in and hone in on what is it that keeps happening in all of these sketches. And if it's mm-hmm. resonating with you, double down on that. That was great. So thank you so much. And Tommy, thank you for spending the time. Thank you for this very refreshing and inspiring conversation. We really appreciate it. It was my pleasure. Anytime. Take care. Take care. A lot has changed since Tommy and I spoke just a few months back, but the lessons from our talk are more relevant than ever, especially Tommy's actionable for you this week. Take stock of what you have to offer, remind yourself of what you're capable of, and get re-inspired by your art. You can find the details about his actionable, his free guide, and his free training in our show notes page, therockstravocate.com forward slash EP82. When we first spoke, the free training wasn't yet available, so if you go to the show notes or simply to makingmusicforbrands.com, you can sign up for his free training and then you'll be able to access his masterclass where you can use the coupon code ROCKSTAR30 for 30% off the course price. You can also use the discount on the payment plan option as well, so I wanted to clarify all of that. Whether you want to build your own course, produce music for brands, monetize your live streams, or something entirely different, now's the time to take action on what you want. Not later once you've learned A, B, or C. Not a week ago when it feels like now you're super behind and you're too late to do anything about it. You're right where you need to be. As they say in Rent, there's only now, there's only this. So if you're needing to figure out a new plan and reconnect with your audience, keep it simple, 
show up, and let them know what it is you have to offer. If you're interested in what Tommy has to offer, head on over to the show notes and sign up for his free training and download his informative freebie. No matter what you choose to pursue, act before you feel ready, because chances are you'll never feel ready. Jump in, and no matter what happens, show up to serve. Your audience will forgive mistakes and accept second tries as long as you're honest with them and there to connect with them. So what do you have to lose? There's never been any rule book in the music industry, and there certainly isn't one for life right now. So do what feels right for you. No matter what, keep creating and keep expressing yourself. If you want extra support, head on over to the show notes page and check out my Rockstar Slackers community, where we hold you accountable on the goals you set. Over these next few weeks, we're running daily challenges, hosting group calls to get more writing done, and more, and we offer it all for less than $1.50 per day. Everything you need to know can be found at therockstaradvocate.com forward slash EP82. Until next time, Rockstar, have a wonderful week, and I hope to see you back here next time so we can get grounded to get rising. Take care.